0: Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. It's Josh Peach and Carson Gordy here, finally back on campus before the uh, spring semester starts tomorrow. Carson, we have Illinois playing Minnesota tonight at 5 o'clock, but first got to go over Illinois' big win on Friday night over Michigan State, back-and-forth game where Illinois ultimately comes back and ends up Winning by nine points at
1: home. Wow. What did you take away from that game against Michigan State? Um, I don't know. The team can battle adversity. It seemed like in the first half and a lot of the second half, Michigan State was scoring pretty easy inside. Um, they didn't make a single three-point shot, but they were making layup after layup. All of a sudden, you know, Illinois started using their size to their advantage. I feel like the game really turned. When Terrence started getting to the free throw line, um, when, you know, Matt was getting to the free throw line, like Illinois really changed the game with its physicality. Yeah, it was really weird because Terrence
0: had the very hot start for Illinois. I know that he ended up scoring 17, but I think 15 of that might have been in the first, what, like five, 10 10 minutes minutes of the game, something like that. So it's weird, but then he slows down Then Illinois kind of slows down, sort of trails from basically that like 10 minute mark in the first half, basically up until the seven minute mark left in the second half, like you said, we saw other guys. Dane Danger ended the game with 20 points Matt Mayer had another one of his games where he shot very efficiently Coleman Hawkins had a couple nice shots at the end to propel them but like you said I just love the way that they battled adversity you know you're down yeah. in the second half Brad Underwood and you know one of the coaches gets a technical you go down nine and then pretty much from that moment it was a total momentum swing
1: yeah it was total and Jay Neps really struggled at the beginning of the game and then he started making shots and yeah It's impressive because Harris didn't play. Ty Rogers didn't play. Sky Clark is pretty much off the team as of now. So they don't have as much depth as people think. No Luke Goody. So Illinois pretty much played with a six-man, seven-man rotation. Yeah. And they didn't look tired. You know, they ran through the finish line. Dane Danger had been
0: averaging significantly less than twenty minutes per game. and he came out with 32. 32 minutes. And you see how efficient he was. Eight for twelve from the field. How about four for five from the free throw line for Dane? Seven rebounds and twenty points with, you know, very good. Defense on their big guys, specifically Cooper off the bench, who gave Illinois some troubles in the first half when Coleman Hawkins was guarding him. So I thought that was really good. And obviously, you know, right now, a seven man rotation is probably not sustainable because, you know, you're right just getting into Big Ten play now and you still got a long season ahead of you. But it's nice to know that if Illinois needs to rely on a specific, you know, seven ish guys,
1: they yeah. have that. It was funny because in the postgame press conference, Tom Izzo said Sky Clark leaving is yeah. addition by subtraction. And of course, Brad Underwood said that statement's inaccurate. You know, he has to deal with personal stuff. But was Tom Izzo kind of right? Like, is this a better basketball team or is it a coincidence? No, I think he's exactly right. I mean, Sky
0: Clark is the type of guy who was kind of, you know, the best his whole entire life, right? Like he was a five-star recruit. He's committed to Kentucky. And he tears his ACL and he's battling adversity. And, you know, for him to take a step back is probably very mature of him. But in the end, he wasn't playing like the five-star Illinois hope. So when you have him in the starting lineup and he's not playing to his fullest potential, maybe it's good, you know, to close down the point guard position a little bit to Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris, who are both playing really good balls. So in yeah. a way, Tom is is
1: right. Yeah, you know, he's pretty blunt and he got asked about it. But, yeah, you see it. Jay Nepps is better. I mean, Jay Nepps can facilitate. He doesn't turn over the ball. He's a better shooter. Harris and Rogers are both, you know, better defensively. Sky Clark really didn't bring anything to the table besides maybe a high ceiling. His only, you know, great game was against
0: Lindenwood. And I I will give Sky Clark credit. He helped keep Illinois in the Maryland game on the road when they ended up losing. Mm -hmm. He had a big three late in the game to tie it. But other than that, he hasn't made much of an impact where you look at sincere Harris led the comeback against UCLA with his defense, was great against Texas, and really earned his way into the starting rotation. Jaden Epps, on the other hand, he only shot three for 10 from the field and one for three against Michigan State for seven points. But he's arguably been Illinois' second best scorer overall after Terrence Shannon. So those two are providing a real impact at the point guard position,
1: where unfortunately for Sky Clark, he just couldn't get it together. And also, big picture about Illinois, less three-point attempts against Michigan State. They still shot 18, but it wasn't like 31. Yeah they're better when they go inside. Like, look, Dane Stanger had a really good game. Kind of reminds you of Kofi Coburn, mm-hmm. you know, when you have a front court guy that can score 15, 20 points.
0: Well, Illinois' best offensive game of the year up to this point had been Nebraska, where we talked about it and yeah. we said when they got inside, it opened up their outside game. We saw Taryn Shannon, Jaden Epps, and other guys all getting to the rim. And we kind of saw that too, especially in the second half against Michigan State, where we see uh, you know, Terrence Shannon drive a little bit more. Coleman Hawkins even got inside one time. Matthew Mayer, Jaden Epps, whoever it is. It's just so clear that the inside games opens up the outside game. And that's what, you know, held them to their comeback. But even more than the offense, holding Michigan State to 66 points, like I don't care how good the roster is, like any year I
1: think is impressive to
0: yeah. allow them or to hold them to 0 for 7 from three is such a
1: huge stat. And they didn't even shoot that many threes because Illinois wasn't going to give them give them the three-point shot, you know, they would let them settle for deep twos. And that's what they did all day. Michigan State was shooting long-range twos. Like we talk about Joey Hauser, you know, in our preview, we said he's shooting
0: 40% from three. Got to hold him down. He only had two, three-point attempts. Tyson Walker had been shooting really well. He only took one three. And though he hit some of them, he was stuck to pull up uh, deep two-point jumpers, yeah. which is really key on defense. I think that the one thing, you know, looking forward that I I wasn't thrilled about was AJ Hoggard scoring 20 points? He was eight for 16 from the field, uh, did not hit three, but was four for six from the line. But there's this theme with Illinois where they give up a lot of points to six, four guards. I've talked about it like Penn State, their leading score was Jalen Pickett, who's six, four, 20 points. Des Moines Hodge for Mizzou, six, four, 20 points. Chase Audage for Northwestern, 21 points, their leading score. AJ Hoggard, leading score, 21 points. And now looking into the Minnesota game, like you have Talon Cooper, who's six foot four. What is up with these six foot four guards destroying Illinois? Like, do we just not have a good, you know, size matchup for them? Like, it's weird to see it a couple of times, but four or five times now it's like, well, I don't know. These guys are killing Illinois. It's
1: like their best players. I mean, Hogard is one of Michigan State's best players. Pickett is Penn State's best player. Like, they're going to put up some points, but. Yeah, I guess that is kind of concerning because yeah. they do kind of have their way inside. Like Sincere Harris is six foot two
0: and he's thin, so he's not gonna you know be able to guard a six foot four big body well. Jaden Epps, I love him, but he's not very good defensively. And then like RJ's, you know, he's good defensively, he's six six, but he's only playing eighteen minutes a game against a team like Michigan State. Then you have Terrence and Matt and Coleman, and obviously they're on their bigger guys, right? right. Yeah, so it's just yeah. a mismatch.
1: You know, Harris is great in defensive transition. You yeah. know, like going up and down the court and being like like a, just a little pest, but yeah, maybe on ball defense down low has to improve. Yeah. But it's just now he's not that big, you know, he's no, not that physical of a guy yet. He's not, but they could get there. You know, defense really is Brad's
0: thing. We saw the team adjust, you know, there's no more switch everything defense. They're fighting through screens now and yeah. everyone knows that they've benefited it. So hopefully he can make some individual adjustments on these guys too, specifically these six, four guards, but now You know, looking into tonight's game against Minnesota, uh, you know, they only have one win in the Big Ten. They're coming off a really nice win at Ohio State. I think Ben Johnson's a good coach specifically on the defensive side of the ball, but Minnesota's best player is Dawson Garcia, who's a pretty familiar name to Illinois.
1: Yeah, you know, he almost went to Illinois, but North Carolina paid him more cash, and now he's at Minnesota. You know, it's his third school in three years, but he's coming off one of his best performances. He had 28 points against Ohio State, and He's the reason why they won. So this is a game for what Dane and Coleman to show their worth. Yeah.
0: Because he is a six eleven guy, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to need Dane and Coleman. I probably Dane specifically, because since he's their tall player to play good defense, but the good thing is that Dane is a very, very good defender. Now we saw Nebraska's leading score get held uh, five points or whatever, because of Dane, uh, cooper on michigan state after starting well dane comes on him and he does well mm-hmm. but Dustin garcia is a lot more athletic than these guys and he, he has you know
1: a, a two-way game that dane hasn't seen before so i think he's really going to get tested he's going to get tested can he score yeah. is he, he going to put up 20 points again 15 points because i think that's what illinois needs yeah they kind of need a big man that they can rely on yeah well, Minnesota has been
0: very good defensively throughout the year. You know, they gave up a lot of points to Purdue. They gave up a lot of points to Michigan. But what they haven't done is score the ball very well. No. Yeah. So, like, as far as Illinois is, like, you know, consistent and very good defense that we've seen, I'm not too concerned about, you know, allowing a ton of points. Like, even if Dawson Darcy, Darcy Garcia gets his 20 You're not too concerned. Like Jamison Battles, their second best player. He's a six foot seven forward. You know, you can imagine Terrence Mayer is going to go on him. Then, like I said, Talon Cooper is their third leading score at 10.7 points per game and no one else is in double figures for them. So, you know, this might be
1: a grinder game defensively for Illinois, but I think that that works for Illinois. Oh, uh, they can win anyway. Yeah. I think they can win 59 52. And if it is a shootout, oh, Illinois is gonna smoke him. Yeah. Because I think Terrence has kind of found his groove again. Yeah. I feel like he's confident he's going to the basket. I mean, the past two games he's been really incredible. Yeah. So I, I think Illinois could win eighty to seventy. I think any way they need to win, you know, they can do it. I don't, I'm not scared of Minnesota.
0: I, I'm not think like they're going to show up. I'm not either. but I think that the way Illinois could lose is if they play the way that they did against Northwestern, where you're settling for way too many threes, your go-to scores, like Terrence and Jaden are not getting inside. And fair, you're stuck scoring 50, 60 points. But based on the way they've played against Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Michigan State, I
1: don't see them being, you know, like settling for a bunch of three pointers. Yeah. Well, and I would also say, like, okay, they lost to Penn State. Penn State also made, a lot of three-pointers they yeah. made their open shots northwestern had 40 free throw attempts is minnesota going to replicate any of those traits Probably not. No, no they're not a good scoring team they miss their free throws they're yeah. not going to make a bunch of three-pointers so i i just don't see how they can outscore illinois yeah like unless dawson garcia goes off for 35 points or something
0: yeah i mean like granted they did just beat ohio state who's you know a good team they can have some sneaky wins but like Illinois is obviously favored in this one. Nine points. The spread is minus nine
1: right now. I don't like to point uh, bet points, votes. those yeah, are impossible. No. But straight up, like, yes, Illinois should win this game pretty easily. It's not outside the margin of error, but, like, when you see a team on the road favored by nine points, yeah. you feel pretty confident. I feel confident, and Illinois can get on a freaking roll yeah. if they can start, you know, if they can win this Minnesota game. You got Indiana at home. I'm Indiana can't score. Ohio State, very talented team, but they're inconsistent. At Wisconsin, who knows? Are they going to get wall back? Right. I don't know. Then so like Illinois can start competing against Purdue. You know, they're only two games out with 14 games left.
0: Yeah, the rest of the Big Ten is going to look really interesting. Like Illinois is in the bottom half of the Big Ten right now. There are uh three several three. teams at three and three, but the two ahead of them are Northwestern Penn State because those teams did beat Illinois, but Illinois' is eight out of 14, the Big Ten. But Purdue already has a loss. Rutgers has two losses, Michigan State three. And those are the teams that are in the top three of the conference. So for Illinois, you got to benefit from this, you know, I don't want to say easy, but very favorable. Big Ten favorable. schedule that you were given to enter the year. We said
1: it before the season, the first 15 games, they could go 13 and 2, 14 mm-hmm. and 1. Granted, OK, they lost a hot Penn State team. When it really gets difficult is the last five games, yeah. Because you got Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue to end it, yeah. But I mean, yes, you should beat Minnesota. Indiana at home is a must win.
0: You should favor, you know, from the uh, from number one having all the hard teams at home at least once. Besides Purdue, and two, there are two ranked teams in the Big Ten right now. Purdue at three and Rutgers. At it's not a three. good conference. It's not a good league. You but have it to started
1: off good. That. But during. It did. Like they were winning their non conference games.
0: But then, you know, Michigan falls out. Indiana has not been nearly the team that we no. thought after a hot start. At Michigan State, you know, they weren't just on a seven game win streak, but Michigan
1: State's good. I think Wisconsin's good, but they're without walls. So yeah. that's difficult. Purdue's legit. And Rutgers is frustrating. Yeah. And Michigan's got pieces. I mean, would you really be shocked if Michigan got hot in March? No, of course. Made the but, I mean, like, like Jet you can say what
0: you want about Jawan Howard, but his teams have won in the tournament.
1: And they're talented. I mean, yeah. Jet Howard is a great scorer. I mean, Hunter Dickinson is a force down low. Like, yeah. You can't sleep on Michigan, even though they are 10-7. and 7. They're
0: still a good basketball team. But, you know, like we said, Illinois' is three and three in the conference. You'd love to have a couple of those games back. I'm sure that, you know, Illinois fans would say the Wisconsin game, the Michigan State game, if you have those earlier in the year, you probably lose them. So, whatever, you got to take what you can get. But, like, Illinois just really has to continue their intensity defensively. I don't doubt that. And really just build on what you've had with the spread offense offensively. Because if you want to, you know, a high seating, if they want to get back up to that like five, four seating, in the NCAA tournament, they've got to win pretty much all of their 50 50 games from this
1: point. They got to win a lot because the Big Ten yeah. isn't strong. Yeah. Like when you beat Iowa, that's not a ranked win. Like when mm-hmm. you beat Luca Garza, you know, you beat Michigan State, not that sexy of a win, to right. be honest with you. You, so yeah, they have to win the big
0: ones because they're also they're not ranked right now. And we were looking at it earlier; they're twenty third in the coaches' poll, but they're down at thirty in, in the AP in the AP poll. So that means that you basically have to go on a big winning streak, a bench, against a bunch of unranked teams to try and get into that, you know, top 10, 15, 20 range yeah. by the time you're at the end of the season where you have to go to Michigan and go to, or go to Indiana, play Michigan and go to Purdue down the year.
1: So it could be tough. It is going to be tough. And also try and beat Purdue. Yeah. I mean, Zach Giedey still averaging 21 points a game. He's a monster. No one can stop him. He's going to win national player of the year. He could.
0: He is. You think so? He's averaging 21.3 and 13.2 on the third best team in the country. So he's a junior. Is so he going to come back for a senior season? Like, does he have a market in the NBA? Well, you look at guys like Oscar Toshiboy, right? He won National Player of the Year last year. He came back. Uh, Kofi should have came Kofi back. Kofi should have come back. Hunter Dickinson came back. Armando Baycott out of North Carolina. All these guys are coming back. So, Zach Eady might win National Player of the Year. He's seven
1: foot four. He will score in the NBA. Can he defend? I don't know. Can he move? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know, Zach Eady going against, you know, an Anthony Davis, a healthy one or something. Yeah. Like, he's going to school. Yeah, you you and oh, beat. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It's going to be interesting because Illinois and Purdue's last regular season game is against each other. It's at Purdue. I expect Illinois when they play Zach Eady to do what Ohio State did to Kofi last year, where you bring over Dane and Coleman mm-hmm. to uh, to try and double team Eady, like put you know, like put Dane on Eady and then put Coleman on. Purdue's worst shooter or whatever, double-team with him and try and force him into a bad pass. Because the other thing about Zach Eady, I know he only has a 1.4 assists. This year he's a good passer too. Yeah. Well, he stands taller than everyone. You know, he's four inches taller than Kofi or whatever, but he plays the game a little smarter.
1: What did Purdue do last year? They
0: got big, to the three seed and then they lost in the sweet sixteen. No, I'm, I'm talking two. about like
1: when they played Illinois in West Lafayette. I remember Sasser was making a bunch of three pointers. Jaden Ivy and West Lafayette played the best game of his season. Yeah, and Zach Eady shut down Kofi. Exactly, or slowed him down enough.
0: It's going to be interesting because outside of edie there's no you know five star players on Purdue or anything. No. They just have a very good roster built around him. But Purdue's obviously my favorite to win the Big Ten. They have they one be. loss right now. They shouldn't have lost to Rutgers at home. But like you said, Rutgers is frustrating. That's another team That's that could be a top three seed in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh
0: should we give a score prediction here for the Minnesota game tonight? Yeah. We wrap
1: up? I think they're gonna win. I think yeah, me too. If they needed to score ninety, they can, but they're not gonna need to. So they're gonna win like seventy-five to fifty-nine. I was going to say 75 to 61. So we're literally right there. Yeah, it's the same.
0: I think they're going to score the exact same that they did against Michigan State. And I think Minnesota is really going to struggle. You know, they might hit some deep threes at the end or when Brandon Lieb and Paxton Warden come in the game, maybe they'll score a little bit. Yeah. But I like Illinois by, you know, they should by win. more than nine. If you lose this one, I know that you've had a good couple wins in a row, but there is it just makes no Extreme, you know, cause for concern. If you were to lose this
1: one. is It It would be the same concern that we've had for a few years. Yeah. You know, they get ready for the big games, but not the little guys like Minnesota. Yep. Like, if they lose, there's no excuse. Like, it just, what are you doing? You can't play down to competition. They
0: didn't against Nebraska, so you hope they don't against No, Minnesota. they did. They played
1: well against Nebraska. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back to recap this game and in preview Indiana. That one's on Thursday. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been the Daily Live Sports Podcast.